Hello and welcome to the Eisner Amper podcast series. I'm your host, Dave Plasco, and today we're looking at the massive data breach at Marriott International. With us today to talk about what opened the door to a breach, the aftermath, and what you can do to prevent this at your company is Deborah Friedland, a managing director in Eisner Amper's corporate finance group and head of hospitality advisory services, along with Lena Licata, a director specializing in process, risk, and technology solutions. So we have an all-star panel here to help us get to the bottom of all of this. Ladies, welcome and thanks for being here. Uh, Deb, let's start with you. Put it into perspective. How big was this breach? Well, according to the company, about 500 million guests were impacted by this breach and approximately 327 million individuals were um, affected by passport numbers um, being breached. So to put it in perspective, uh, the Yahoo breach impacted about 3 billion um, people, while the LinkedIn breach impacted about 11.7 million. So this is, this is significant. This is uh, qu- quite a, uh, an impact on, on many obviously many million people. So tell us, how might a data breach at a hotel chain be different than, say, a retailer or a bank or or some other business sector? So Marriott in particular, um, their strength lies in their loyalty program. Um, Their loyalty program um, impacts uh, millions, billions of of people. and to give you an idea about how important the loyalty program, and, and I, I believe most people are familiar with the loyalty program, whereas you stay at a hotel and, and you are um, given uh, points, and after a certain number of points, um, you pay for that very expensive Christmas vacation with your family. Guests are, are known to travel miles just to stay at a Marriott-branded hotel to to um, get those points. So the loyalty program is extremely important to Marriott. A hospitality program is all about experience and all about trust. Um, that's how they achieve the loyalty from so many millions of people. So when you're talking about a, a breach um, where all these people have provided their very personal information to you and now all of a sudden it's out there and, and as a company you have not protected that information, that's significant. That's that's personal. So I think that that's, that impacts a hotel chain um, much more than a, a a widget company, let's say, where where people are really your assets. Now, Deb, staying with you, tell us about Marriott's cleanup efforts here, customer communications, credit monitoring, so forth. So, um, from Marriott released a, um, a press release on November 30th communicating the size of the breach and the impact. And what's been said in the release is that Marriott's setting up a call center um, where guests can call in and, and you know, get information about the breach. Um, they're providing email notifications to all guests whose data has been breached. And they're providing um, guests with a one-year web watcher subscription. From Again, from the press release, it sounds like they're going to be covering um, for uh, fraud consultation services and reimbursing guests whose um, data um, is, has been stolen and has um, suffered consequences. That's what's been communicated. 
Um, what Marriott has not said um, that they will do is to pay to replace passports of the um, individuals whose passport numbers have been stolen. And um, Lena can chime in as to why this is such a big issue and um, all the information that was st stolen. They're not providing people with the reimbursement to replace these passports, and that could be billions of dollars um, in terms of cost to the company. Um, and I think the concern is that, obviously investor sentiment is down, but I think the, the concern is that it's about a 10 year um, length of time for which in adults have to um, renew their passports. And 10 years is a long time to go without knowing if your data was breached and how it might be being used. Okay, Lena, let's get you involved here. Now, from what you've heard, how were the bad actors able to penetrate Marriott? And what did or didn't they do to set the stage for this? So it's interesting that the specific information of how they got in has not been released. There's been a couple of ex-Marriott employees that have come out and said, you know, this is how Marriott's IT is structured. This is what, where we're thinking um, this, this could have occurred. Um, it's looking like it occurred in the data warehouse, which um, is a data aggregator from different systems, such as the reservation system or the, or the loyalty program, um, the guest rewards uh, systems. Um, and the interesting thing is that, um, and this, this, it occurred with the Starwood brand, which, which is a much smaller brand of the, of the greater Marriott brand. However, when you look at what data Marriott has begun to migrate, it is from that data warehouse. Um, it's interesting too, that the, they can say that someone's been in since 2014. And they also said that they finally caught it because an, uh, an alert of an internal security tool. And it makes me believe, you know, so, so people are starting to ask the question, okay, well, well why now? Why did it alert now? Um, it could be that, that Marriott just installed um, this alert monitoring tool. Um, we are seeing that as a move in the industry where companies are beginning to do this proactive monitoring. It's definitely a great place to be. That could be why. The good thing is that Marriott did encrypt this this data. So you can say that they, they stole encrypted data. The, the bad thing is that Marriott has said that, well, they, they could have potentially stolen the encryption key as well. So if they stole the encrypted data, it's going to take them a long time to decrypt it, or they're going to have to look for the specific encrypted hashes on the dark web to see if it matches another hash that's already been decrypted. Um, but if they have the, the decryption key, then, well, all, all bets are off there. It'll be a lot more easier for them to do so. So I think that we're going to hear a little bit more about exactly how they penetrated. Um, we now know who it was. It, it, it is looking like um, it came out in the news today that it, it was um, the Chinese that did hack in. You think about that, that kind of makes sense. So in today's day and age, you hear a lot about spear phishing, which is uh, a phishing email that's specifically targeted to the controller and the CEO of a company. If you want to make sure that you ask the controller to wire money on a day when the CEO is out of town and you have access to Marriott's data warehouse and you can see that he has booked a reservation at a certain property in a certain country, then you can tailor that spear phishing email to say, hey, so-and-so controller 
I'm in Asia this week and won't be back until X date. Please make sure you wire the money. I don't have time and I'm not in the office and I don't have access so you can't confirm with me, your likelihood, because that those data points might may all be correct, that your, your fraudulent activity will go through. Yeah, I also read in the Times article this morning that you referenced, um, it, it appears that Marriott is the top provider to the U.S. government employees and the military. So they say that may have something It makes sense that Marriott is a top provider when you look at the span of hotels that within Marriott's reach, I would say, and this, again, this affected Starwood, which is a little bit more of a higher brand. You've got W, Weston, Aloft, Sheridan, you're going to get executives staying. When you look at Marriott as a brand, you've got the entire spectrum from your lower end suites hotels, your mid-range regular Marriott, Starwood side, the St. Regis. So you, you've got every kind of person um, in job category that's that's going to stay at Marriott. So yes, you're gonna you're gonna affect some some pretty high level important people. And what kind of data were they aiming for? And where does that data go once they get it? What do they do with it? So the interesting thing is because it was the data warehouse, it's an aggregate of a number of different systems. So you're going to have a lot of different information, name, mailing address, phone number, email address, passport number, Starwood guest information, date of birth, gender, reservation information, arrival, departure, communication preferences, what kind of pillows you like. Um, I don't know what good the type of pillow I like is to someone, but you never know. Um it also has credit card information um, and it's, it could be sold on the black market or the dark web. One of the things that I think you're going to find is human nature. People, if you need to remember a password are going to use the same password. So what is valuable also about some of the password information that they could have stolen is that your Marriott password is probably your social media passwords could be your bank password could be a number of different things. So it's not just the data pieces on themselves. It's also the aggregate of what they have from other sources that could also be damaging. So if I stayed at a Marriott property over the last several months, what what would you advise I do? Number one, make sure that the password that you're using for Marriott and Starwood is not a password for other sites. Um, If it is, change those other sites. Um, I, I would always recommend use unique passwords. Um, I, I would recommend that you keep an eye on your credit, look for, um, anomalies, um, in either your bank accounts. There, there is credit monitoring. I believe the, uh, press release did say that if you were directly affected as part of this breach, they were going to be reaching out to pockets of people directly. When I did some research on that, it looked like people have not been being notified other than the the general press release that we sort of all received, myself being someone who um, also stays at Starwood and Marriott Properties. I think it's be diligent, uh, monitor, and where you can keep information unique, uh, do so. Okay. Now, from the corporate side, what are some things that a company can do? And, and really, I'm looking at any company, whether they're the size of a Marriott or they're a small family business. What can they do? Some simple things to protect themselves from cyber fraud. When people aren't doing things about cybersecurity and they ask me where to start, 
I generally say get yourself a cyber risk assessment, which is going to look wide and shallow at the controls, and it's going to highlight major red flag areas for you to remediate. I also recommend highly that you get a vulnerability assessment done. So both uh, vulnerability assessment as well as a penetration test, look both internally and externally at the configurations of your systems and make sure that you don't have holes. There are very basic control failures that are generally what leads to these breaches. So it is either phishing, someone clicks on something or someone provides credentials thinking that it's something legitimate and it, it isn't and that's how people are getting in or they have a configuration that isn't set properly and there's a hole and someone can get in and then they move laterally within the organization. And that's from a smaller company perspective. Uh, The other thing from a smaller company perspective is look at access within your company. Look at all the different points of where your data resides, who has access to it, and keep that in an absolute minimum of who only people that need access to something should have it. I don't care if you're the CEO, you don't need access to everything. From a larger company perspective or even a medium-sized company, the proactive monitoring, the solution that actually identified this breach um, is a wonderful solution. Uh, we as a firm contract with a company um, that that does this work called Cloud Access. If anything that could produce a log, we can ingest it. We can set alerts and rules on these logs to let us know when there are suspicious logins, after hours logins, um, suspicious activity by certain IDs, firewall networking logs, et cetera. That is a little bit more expensive that your mom and pop's probably not going to go down that line. But anybody even mid-market to approaching Marriott should be moving in that proactive direction. And I think that One other way that is really helpful to companies, and you're seeing a lot of this um, today as as a highlight in the next step in protection, is we all think about how do we protect our house as a company and how do we protect our four walls. In today's culture, we're outsourcing everything. We're using cloud-based systems. So vendor risk management has become a massive hot topic on, do you know how many vendors you have? Do you know what data you're sending them? Do you know the classification and the risk of that data that you're sending them? And then what controls that they have at those vendors? Have you looked at their controls? Have you analyzed and looked at their security and looked sort of outside the four walls of your house of that actually encompasses, it encompasses your house, but you don't think of it as your house because you've outsourced it. Um, that that's become a massive hot topic um, that is incredibly important. Um, and I would encourage everyone from mom and pop all the way up to a Marriott size company to start thinking about that and putting uh, programs and processes in place to identify high risk vendors and look at their security controls because you could be as secure as you want. And if you hand it off to Joe Schmo and he doesn't care about your data, you've, you've, that's your big hole. Good stuff. So, Lena, as as a business advisor, you know all too well that a company's reputation can hinge on how it responds to adversity such as this. In your opinion, do you think Marriott is handling this well? When I think about it from the perspective of Marriott as a company and how they're handling it, they clearly have hired companies to help them with this breach. They clearly had a plan in place and they're clearly dealing with this breach. Um, And we realize that because of sort of the tight-lipped nature and how they're keeping this close to the vest. That being said, does it mean that they're necessarily doing the right things for me as a consumer? Not necessarily. I think that we'll find out. And based on their response in what they do for me as a consumer to prove to me that 
they're going to make this right and they're going to protect my data in the future and the communications they send out about that, that time will tell. Um, you know, and, and, and like was said earlier, these loyalty programs are very important, especially when you travel for business and you travel a lot, you're pretty loyal because you know that, look, I, I work hard, but I get these points. And when I have time off, I don't pay for my vacations. I take my family. It's wonderful. And as long as I always stay at Marriott, I got Marriott points and I'm going to have a free vacation. So if they don't treat this right, and th this could be a, an excellent opportunity for other brands such as a Hilton to highlight their security controls and win over some executives, um, that then we'll be loyal to them. And that, that could actually really hurt them in the long run. Uh, Deborah, let's wrap up with you. Um, being a business advisor, less on the IT side of things and more on the, the business advisory financial side, are there any recommendations that you would make to Marriott regarding this incident? I think what's important to look at, too, is how investors um, treated the stock, right, and, and the message that the investors are sending um, to the company. And I think that's a perfect indication that the public does not feel like Marriott's doing enough, right, because um, we look at value, how, how a company is valued um, based on their stock price for a public company. And I think if you look at their stock price since they've announced um, the first day they dropped about 6%, which was about $1.8 of lost equity um, market capitalization. And then since then, the stock has uh, tumbled even further. So I think that that's a the clear indication that the public does not feel that they're doing enough um, and that there's still tremendous risk out there. In fact, I think uh, Chuck Schumer put it perfectly um, concise when he said um, the company should reimburse any individual who decides that they would feel more secure to get a new passport. So I think um, I think that's going to be be the step that Marriott's going to have to take is say, hey. You know, you trusted us for so many years. You've been loyal to us. We're going to do the right thing by you. We're going to reimburse you for, for a new passport, and we're going to make sure that this doesn't happen again. So I think also another ramification that we're, we might see is that the company, and many people know this, that Marriott's an asset light uh, structure. So they typically do not own most of their hotels. It's um, private owners that own it, um, public, private, but more REITs, but not the Marriott company. They don't own the properties. And I think that what we'll probably see is that the owners will have to bear more risk and these cybersecurity systems uh, on the property. So I think that's what we're going to see. I think the bottom line is, is again, getting back to the stock price and, and the um, dec tremendous decline in the value of the company, it's a lesson to consumer companies that um, when your customers are your most important asset, you've got to do a better job protecting their data. You've got to make the investment up front um, in, in cybersecurity costs because um, a, uh, a situation like Marriott's going through costs you billions. Okay. And what about long term, say five to 10 years? What, what kind of impact do you think? Do you think they'll be able to bounce back and you know, get back to business as usual? Well, I think right now it, there's so many unknowns. We're, we're unsure of, about um, the legal costs, um, the near-term technology costs to resolve this issue. Um, we're unclear about the insurance coverage and, and any deductibles. 
Um, and then on the longer term, um, we're unsure about the reputational costs and, and the lost in trust. Um, again, just getting back that um, many of these, those impacted might not see um, any, any impact for years. So we're not, there's, there's such a huge unknown about how much was taken and, and, and what the data is being used for. I think that, um, you know, Lena made a point in saying that many times the data that's stolen um, in situations like this shows up on the dark web and the individual or company that stole the information profits. But we're not seeing that information. We didn't see the information show up on the dark web. So I'm not really clear about you know, what the ramifications are, what it's being used for. A lot of unknowns right now. And, and again, the, a lot of the analysts um, who cover the stock are, are sitting on the sidelines and urging investors to just um, just hold for right now and, and, and not, uh, not go in and, and nibble some more. Well, Deborah, Lena, thank you so much for this valuable information. Definitely a word to the wise. And thank you for listening to the Eisner Amper podcast series. Visit EisnerAmper.com for more information on this and a host of other topics. And join us for our next Eisner Amper podcast when we get down to business.